0: Hi everyone, it's Friday, July 29th, 2016 at 1 o'clock Eastern Time and this is Higher Ed Special Edition. I'm your host, Erin Sapinka, and on today's live broadcast we're talking about implementing a faculty content strategy. We've proved faculty content deserves a strategy beyond a basic directory. Faculty content makes way for rich storytelling, media mentions, and deeper engagements with prospective students, alumni, and donors. For this Higher Ed Special Edition, we'll talk about the steps you can take to implement faculty content on your website and connect your efforts to your institution's strategic plan, driving media coverage, alumni engagement, and student recruitment. But before we dive in, a quick word about our sponsors. Higher Ed Special Edition is part of the Higher Ed Live Network, offering viewers direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Live broadcasts allow viewers to share knowledge and participate in discussions around the most important issues in the industry. Today's live viewing experience is powered by Maestro, the premier marketing tech platform for broadcasters. All episodes of Higher Ed Special Edition are free and accessible in the video. Archives at HiredLive.com, and in podcast form on iTunes. Today's episode is made possible by Expert ExpertFile. Hired Live is produced by M Stoner, a marketing and communications firm that works with education institutions on branding, strategy, web design, and more. M Stoner is offering a two-part webinar series on Google Analytics and Tag Manager in August. Hired Pros often have Google Analytics in their toolbox. But determining digital success takes more than just counting clicks and page views. It's a challenge to identify meaningful metrics and have the right configuration in place to make use of them to achieve your goals. Registration is $2.99, and we're tweeting out a link shortly where you can learn more and register. Now we can- I can intro our, ge- intro our guests Today, I'm joined by J. Michael Moore of Emory University's Goizueta Business School. His career has spanned the worlds of sports journalism, public relations, digital communications, publishing, social media, user experience, and content strategy. At Emory, he manages emorybusiness.com, social media strategy, media relations, and some corporate communications from the school's dean. Thanks for joining me today, Jay Mike.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me. Good to be here.
0: Before we dive into my questions, I just wanted to remind those of you viewing at home, please don't hesitate to ask questions using the hashtag Higher Live. I'll do my best to answer the questions as they come in. So, Jay, Mike, you have had a unique professional journey. Um, we were talking a little bit before we got, got on the air, but I want to know a little bit more about your experience and your position at Goizet. I just did a quick, brief intro. I wanted to give you the opportunity to explain where you've been and where
1: you've come from. Sure, it's a, it's a long and sordid tale, uh, <laughs> I, I guess you could say. Um, I primarily consider myself a storyteller, and that comes from my journalism background and a very early class in um, basic reporting where the professor just hammered that into our heads and said, you, above all, you tell stories, you tell stories, you tell stories, and um, that really hit with me, and the stories I wanted to tell were sports stories. Uh, I you know, said I want to be a sports journalist and been wanting to do that since I was probably 12 years old and um, was lucky enough to leave school and work uh, in the NFL for seven seasons. I uh, worked for a few different teams and wrote for the website, uh, managed team publications, uh, etc., did social media, um, basically as an in-house beat reporter. Uh, It was the best way to describe it. And from there, I uh, knew I wanted to stay in digital, I knew I wanted to stay in uh, communications, Um, wanted a different type of lifestyle, kind of get out of the sports frame of reference and ended up at Emory University at Gosweta and uh, was there for two years doing much of what I do now and then got a chance to go work in user experience and that was something I never thought I would do, um, but I moved to Silicon Valley and I worked for a software uh, development team at Samsung, and uh, worked on application development for TVs and phones and doing content, you know, uh, basically voice of the product and, and content things there. and um, as you know luck would have it, I ended up coming back to Atlanta. Um, with my family and ended right back up at Bisweta. Uh, total serendipitous situation. Um, I've known my boss for a long time. She's a, a great person. Uh, Angela Bostic is our chief marketing officer and um, is a thought leader in her own right and um, encourage you to find and follow her uh, if you're at all interested. Um, and you know, here I am uh, just working to expand our reach, our stories as a business school and use all the different channels we can to do it
0: I just I'm I love where you've been all over the communications spectrum from just actual content creation to figuring out how users are engaging with the content and the different Mm -hmm. things that we're putting in front of them you really do have the full experience uh, of that and it's just an incredible I, just incredible ex- I, journey I guess to hear
1: yeah I mean, it's nice that's nice to hear thank you I think the the downside to that I always joke is you know writers write and I don't really have as much time to write as I used mm-hmm. to and that's uh, sometimes a little bit bittersweet uh, yes. so I do try to get my byline on Emerybusinesscom every now and then and um, you know, try to do what every journalist says they want to do. one day is like wanna oh, write a book, you know. So, you know, try to try to dive into that a little. And then you realize very quickly that uh life is better than fiction and it's very hard for someone with a sort of a news brain to come up with stories because that's because that's like the cardinal sin, right? Like, you know, I can't make up the news, you know, so it, it kind of is uh difficult. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been uh, a growing experience. And I think that the thing I love about it is I've been able to kind of latch on to this wave of technology and the changes in the way people communicate uh, and figure out how to remain relevant and and our messaging to remain relevant, uh, etc. So I mean, give it a double cover of years, I'm probably going to have to start telling stories completely in emoji. And (laughs) uh, we'll get there somehow. I'll figure it out.
0: I, I already try and send some texts and just emojis and and hope that someone can interpret it. I, I like to see if I can if I'm up to the challenge of getting across what I was trying to say in just the pictures doesn't yeah. always work but I try mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So we've talked about uh, the need for faculty content strategy in previous episodes and I think it's a conversation that really is starting to move past the directory and the just pitching, Media or pitching faculty to media as experts, Um, with all of the competing needs and higher competing needs, higher ed professionals are facing. Why and how did you decide to really focus on a faculty content strategy? I mean, you seem to be pulled in a lot of directions. What stood out as a this needs to be something we're focusing
1: on. Yeah, and that's a great question and something that I think will always be a moving target, um, especially in higher ed and especially in business schools. Um, You know, I, I like to think of business schools as sort of the front line of a lot of these higher education changes. You know, we are um, very much affected in, in trying to figure out what do we do with online education because, you know, people want to get business acumen. You know, they, they want to come back and either get you know, skills or certifications or maybe even degrees on how to do business analytics better or how to do leadership better. You know, th- those are the direct applicable things that people are, are coming after. And the top 25 schools like us, we're not immune to that. Um, so, you know, we knew that we're never going to be able to really kind of lock it down and say like, this is what we are about always from here and forever, um, in terms of what our content's going to be. Um, but we decided, uh, that our fabric, our core as a school is community and collaboration. And we said, let's build our strategy on that. Uh, we're a smaller school. Uh, we're one of the smallest in the top 25, uh, especially for MBA programs and because of that we have a smaller faculty we only have about 80 faculty members and that includes adjuncts and uh, non-research faculty so you know if I were going to be about faculty heft and research and and how we kind of influence the the business community I need to be pretty pointed on on what it is I I wanted to do because there's not going to be a lot of breadth in anything we're going to we're going to be thin we're going to be know a lot about anything, but not very deep in anything. Um, so I needed to figure out how to, way to make things deeper and and concentrate on some things. So that's where we said, let's align with our school's strategic plan uh, as best we can and say, okay, what kind of faculty research we ha- do we have here? What kind of student influence do we have here? What kind of corporate influence do we have? And really take a more topical approach to... Um, how we present ourselves to the outside world and not the shotgun approach of I've got all these faculty members and they cover everything from A to Z and I'm going to pitch them directly to the media because you you hit some big, you hit some home runs that way, but that's really kind of all you're hitting is you're waiting to hit home runs and we needed more base hits and, and, and try to move people around and do a little station to station uh, action to to try to score.
0: Yeah, and see, I think
1: the sports, the sports writer thing just comes out. I, was, me. I can't I can't help it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I played softball growing up, and the one thing my mom was our bookkeeper, and she always said, "Yeah, big hits are awesome, but you need to have people on base for when those big hits happen, because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's one person scoring or it's one person getting a triple. It doesn't matter that much because there was no one to score.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct, and, <laughs> and you know, and the thing is too, it takes. It, it takes a lot of time and resources to do good faculty media relations and PR. Uh, I think that, that's a misnomer. Um, yeah, I think some people have, you know, you take and you throw out a few experts and the media will come. Well, you know, that's not the case anymore. Um, the media is so fragmented and they are so, um, you know, focused on so many different things. Um, and if you don't get into the news cycle, Uh, you aren't necessarily getting picked up. So, you know, that was another reason why I said we have to take a topical approach and we have to be, you know, topic expertise and and find ways to drill deeper where we can because I'm going to have to do more newsjacking. I'm going to have to jump in there and say, hey, reporter XYZ, you're covering ABC and I've got a reporter who right now can talk about this. Um, so that's where I've really tried to develop my, you know, resources, both contract resources and, and PR and also my, uh, resources just, uh, in how I devote my own time. Uh, and also the tools I've used have even been designed for that speed, um, consistency and, you know, um, you know, jump in, jump out, uh, and, and try to, you know, uh, hit, get a hit whatever you can.
0: Um, I'm really connecting with your aligning with Emory's strategic and topical frameworks and I'm currently in a in a revisiting of that as well where at Dartmouth where I'm at of where I'm looking at making sure that because I'm the social media manager at one person shop that what I'm doing is invested well i'm not just kind of going all over the place trying to make a million things work i'm really focusing on connecting what we're doing to the strategic framework that we have in place so that we i'm making an, an actual change and i'm not just hoping that this will stick or this this will make a difference it's okay i'm aligning myself and what we're doing with this overarching brand messaging and so i'm wondering um can you talk a little bit how you mapped your strategy to the strategic plan? How did you get aligned with what they were doing?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, part of it was uh, we have a dean that really understands the value of communications and marketing and branding uh, in reputation building and you know that is something that uh, a lot of schools even the well-established ones are realizing that they have to um, monitor or build or you know really not take for granted. Uh, because, you know, as the emergence of online comes into play, and there's a lot more things that takes, you know, a student's consideration away, uh, or takes away from just sort of that general brick-and-mortar type Mm -hmm. school. So everybody wants to make sure their reputation is is top-notch. And, you know, so she understood the fact that, okay, we have to have a solid communication strategy. Um, You know, it also helped that we have, A strategic plan that focuses on the intersections between business you know practice and education Uh, so we are taking an approach as a school where we are saying okay what are the areas that we can have those wins you know where can we get the hits where can we get the you know real impact for our stakeholders for our alumni for our students for the community um, Dean James, Dean Erica James, uh, loves to, to say, and I can't agree with her more, that we should be in service to business. We should be in service to, you know, the world. And I think that's something that every university can espouse to, is that, you know, we, we should, you know, make the world a better place. Well, how are we going to do that unless we're actually doing what the world needs? Um, so um, we have areas of focus in the strategic plan, like analytics, um, like healthcare. Uh, Emory University. Most people probably know us more for our healthcare and you know fighting Ebola. Uh, you know over the past couple of years, um, so we've got this great hospital literally a hundred yards from the business school. You know how are we lining up with that? Because hey, guess what? Healthcare is the challenge of our generation. How how are people going to pay for it? How are you know um, the, how is that going to work into the economy? So we have aspects of that. And then that becomes really easy at that point. It's like, okay, how do I align that to what can we talk about to the real world? Um, So, you know, out of, you know, 10 topics, then it's just a matter of looking at the faculty spread that I have and say, okay, you know, I have, you know, some great faculty research in this area of decision-making. Where does that align with the outside world? Uh, Whereas healthcare... You know, it's more of we have a lot invested in alumni. There's a lot of alumni who are in the space. We have a lot of practitioners who come in and speak in the space. So that might not be an area where I focus on media relations. That's an area where I focus more on some different types of content channels. So you know, what sort of uh, roundtables can we host on healthcare? What sort of, uh, you know, other types of uh, social media interaction and things like that to put us more as an expert in the space and not trying to go out and get media mentions out of. So that's sort of where we aligned it. And, you know, I think that's something that I would encourage everyone to do, no matter what school that you are in, is that there's always going to be something that your school is known for uh, something that is either part of your community part of your educational focus etc try to align with those try to find those plugins uh, and look for the you know uh, quick wins out of that
0: Um, first of all I really love all of the sports references I think it's just Awesome. All of the different references in your explanation. Hopefully and that,
1: hopefully that re- re- resonates <laughs> with people. I mean, I know yes. not everybody's a sports fan, but, <laughs> you know, we, we try.
0: No, I, I love it. Um, and so, can you talk a little bit about implementing that content strategy? Um, I've heard that you took a really smart and interesting approach to it. And I'm wondering if you could just walk us through what you were thinking and how you ultimately implemented this strategy.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, first off, we uh, got in on the ground floor. Uh, You know, we were uh, involved early and often with the strategic planning of the with the school, Um, not trying to influence it, because, you know, that's definitely something where faculty and pedagogy and curriculum and, you know, all of that have to really play. Uh, But just being there and hearing the conversations um, and knowing what was sort of rising to the top uh, gave uh, me a chance to sort of start identifying those, you know, uh, different touch points, those different topics. Um, And then from there, I I think the important part in implementation is to look at all your content. Um, You know, it's very easy, especially folks like me who are from a, you know, straight ahead, write a story background, you know, get your sources, inverted pyramid, you know, they're done um, to not to discount some other types of content. But when you're a small school, or even more importantly, when you are, you know, lacking of resources, when you're a one or two person shop, um, it's important to take that step back and say, what is being said about us? And where can we plug ourselves into the conversation. So social media is huge. You know, we have uh, followers who are talking about this. We have alumni that are in the space. We have our own faculty who are out there commenting on the space. Um, We have events going on about these uh, various topics. You know, um, our MBA students, are machines, I mean, they host events on like every topic uh, known to man and bring in great speakers. Well, you know, we can't get to all those, but we can encourage hashtag usage and we can get to them and say, can you make sure you tweet about this? And we can, you know, uh, curate that in ways to where we have packaged content that we can go out and, and move around the board is what I like to say is, you know, what can I put here? What can I put here? Um, so, That was the biggest part of the strategy is sitting there and you can look at my whiteboard in my office right now and it lists out all these topics and it says, okay, what content do I have in there? And let's step out of the, we need to write a story about everything and say, what other forms of communication are there? You know, what are things that would make great videos? Well, let's go in there. What are some things that will make great podcasts? Let's go there. Uh, And it is, you know, sacrificing amount for quality. you know, I'm not going to take and go and, and, you know, push all of my different channels on one topic when a podcast with the faculty talking about this is going to be such a great way to present it. Um, so a lot of it is mental you know, is just to try to get over that hump of saying, like, we need to just get everything we possibly can out there. Um, it's finding the right channel. Uh, for the topic and then really focusing that extra time on distribution and and saying, what hashtags can I drop in this to push it around to this audience? What email newsletters and things like that can I get it plugged into? Um, You know, where does it need to go on our website? You know, where's the traffic going on the website to where I can get it in front of people, even internally. uh, There was actually a process in this strategy of building out an internal newsletter and saying, okay, what are we going to put in the internal newsletter to try to build the conversation around this and, and get those brand points out to where the faculty and staff are talking about it um, and talk about different types of strategy or different types of channels. Like, we actually do a print newsletter um, that gets passed around the building. And some people are probably going to think, it's 2016. Why are you doing that? Um, and I, I would agree with you in some cases because <laughs> it, also, it, it also gets emailed. But... Um, it, we've gotten such great response from that because it's it's different. You don't see that very often. Um, and um, we don't print a lot because we don't want, you know, like to waste paper. Obviously, we're working <laughs> with that, but it does get passed around and we have topics that we make sure are featured in the newsletter uh, because we think that's the best way to raise the rhetoric around that topic.
0: Um, I am a huge supporter of the the kind of practice cope create once publish everywhere and it sounds like you're Mm -hmm. doing a ton of rather than focusing on 27 pieces you're really looking at those five or six solid pieces and breaking them down into okay this piece can go live here this part of this can live here and actually i love the i love packages i really in, Mm -hmm. in the journalism world in the marketing world um Packages just seem to be where we're headed with, okay, we're not just writing a word piece for this. We need to also accompany it with a video because video does better here. And this is where our audience for this is and all of this other stuff that's coming together. And um, I just really love your approach to breaking it out and make, and finding out that a print newsletter was getting your stuff in front of more people's eyes that could help you promote the piece, promote the, the topic. Um, think that we get so stuck sometimes in very specific, like, this is what we need to have for these pieces or these channels, and not looking actually okay, well how does it do here, or how does it best work? Um, Maybe it's not even suited for a word piece, maybe it's just a visual and uh, Mm.
1: story. Yeah, and there's kind of a, it's and that's one thing I learned in working in user experience, and you think, well what does user experience and design and all that have to do with Writing, well, it, it made in writing and content production. I, I think it made me a more thoughtful producer of content and st- strategic placement of content by being in an industry and looking at things where the written word is not your primary focus. You know that that's not what you want to do first. Um, you know, you, you know, meaningful design makes users' life easier. And in some cases, like, you know, iconography is really hard, but look at your favorite app, you know, your favorite apps that you have on your phone. There's not a word listed underneath of what that button does. It's an icon. And you know that the hamburger icon is a menu now. You know, you don't need to say menu underneath. Um, so it's sort of this kind of understanding that, that there is a need of the user. And I... I it's funny, like my, my staff and people make fun of me now because I'll, I'll actually refer to everybody as users. Uh, <laughs> and, and they're like, you mean readers, right? I'm like, well, yeah, but they're using our website. You know, it's like they are, they are experiencing our content, you know, and that's not, you know, something where they're just going to take and click through a page and read something. In some cases it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, we love those people because they increase our time on site. <laughs> and you know, we, we, we want to keep them. But, you know, at the same time, there's certain things that are so much better than uh, that, and such a more rich thing to the experience, and, and that's really what branding is—is is, is experience. You know, it, we want people to understand what experience they um, have when they come to Gosweta. They, they have to be able to see themselves inside of this. So that's the approach that you know we try to take is that our users, our prospective students, their alumni—you know—you have your list of your your list of type of people what's the most meaningful to them to get in their shoes and really get beyond the um, style of journalism from, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just say back in the day, you know, when, <laughs> it, was, when it was, we tell people the news. Um, yeah. There was a, there was a time and place for that. And, and honestly, we probably have swung too far to the other end of the spectrum now, but uh, you know, it's, it, it, you have to, you know give the user what the user needs and lots of times perception is reality and that's what the user wants so you, you have to really strike that balance
0: I th- and I think the word reader is just way too passive of a term to describe the people that we want to consume our information we don't ideally want them to just sit there and read the news story and move on we want them to then do an action maybe learn more about what we're talking about connect with the faculty member request more information and so we're really not just delivering to readers we are delivering to users and I think if we lump them all into that readers readership or readers you lose mm-hmm. all of the nuances that make up a user you don't have the prospective audience users you kind of lose that when you just say oh the readers and so yes. I i think referring to them as users really helps change that mindset to the content's not just us telling them something we want them to do something after they read this piece or this watch this video or see this image or mm-hmm. whatever they may be looking at on our website and
1: i think that's where that's where you know they, there's going to be this this paradigm shift and like, and like people are starting to understand it is that I remember being in the newsroom and it was like, we love the ad people because they sold ads and that means we had a paper <laughs> and, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, it was just like, well, they're in advertising and there was also really easy to kind of, you know, uh, thumb your nose at them a little bit because sometimes they did too well and you're like, we have to fill how many pages of content? You know, <laughs> and you, um, but, you know, marketing and communications, like they, were opposed to each other because you know communications was about telling the real story where marketing is trying to like make me buy something
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, and you're but you're really starting to see these two come together and I, I think you know the way we refer to it in our shop is we have paid and earned media you know we don't we don't have marketing and you know communications we have we have earned media and paid media and you know, that's where, uh, where they dance in the middle is really where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to be different what I produce on the earned media side of the house. Um, mostly because like the way I measure it is going to be a lot different because you can't necessarily track that one-to-one top of the funnel. And, and, you know, then that person moves here, here to here. Um, there are tools and there are ways you can implement and, you know, we're we're trying to get those put together but sometimes it you know that creates some minutiae uh, but you know there's the yeah I mean there's the, this interesting kind of connection that takes place between them and, and I'm excited to be in that and I, I hope that higher ed can continue to be a leader in that
0: mm-hmm. because
1: we have great stories to tell but we also have great products to market um, so they should work together you know to try to influence each other Definitely. Um, You mentioned you mentioned tools really
0: briefly in there, and before you talked about a whiteboard. But there's a lot going on, and I can tell that you're always working on a ton of stuff. How are you staying organized? What tools are you using? Um, What got you kind of, what helped you get your content strategy and keep it up off the ground and moving?
1: Yeah. um, I think. Let's see. Am I screen sharing right now? Um, Let me see here. So hopefully, folks can see. Oh, um, there's me
0: again. Hello, me. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> probably. So yeah, we should probably go here. Um, so there's lots of different tools uh, that I'm I'm using, and one of them that uh, I've used in my career in fits and starts, and I think I finally have found a really good use for it is Trello. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is where. I kind of marry everything together in terms of the types of content we're doing and where it fits in the plan. So, you know, I have, um, there's lots of cool tools, uh, out there, uh, that let you, uh, send content into Trello, um, email and other things. And basically any of those, uh, tools I have coming into an inbox where I can sort it. Um, I have some stories that I'm editing, um, I have some stories that are actually behind, so you can see my face next to it, and I need to get to work on uh, all these things. Um, but the color codes, the labels inside of Trello allow me to basically see uh, what the um, uh, what the connection it is to our strategic plan. So this basically is where we marry the earned media and the social media together. Uh, We have topics that we like to work on and that we like to try to make sure that our um, stories stay within. But then we also have um, context, whoops, wrong button. Also have context that um, that, uh, pair more toward the marketing message, right? So, you know, we always like to talk about being Atlanta, experiential learning, uh, our function and industry knowledge, our network. Our reputation so these are the things that you see a lot of the times like in your ads right you know it's like you know uh, you know the experiential learning difference or the power of Atlanta you know lots of things like that where these are your kind of core like okay what are you writing about well I'm writing about entrepreneurship you know or I'm you know you know doing some storytelling around entrepreneurship so um, when these two can align with each other that's the stuff that goes into sort of that sponsored media space, um, is, which is kind of what I call uh, the social media boosting post and you know paying for um, LinkedIn sponsored messaging and things like that. So that's the that's the area where we make sure the two are held in check. And when we can't really get enough of these tags, we don't really we don't really cover it. Uh, we can mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to show the value at that point. Um, I like
0: the system of that color coordinating um, that really I'm I'm a huge supporter of the strategy of saying no um, which in my head is me being able to make a case as to why we're covering this why are we going to spend x amount of resources on it what does it do I um, mean if it doesn't meet a certain criteria that I've set up it it's not Worth the time and effort necessarily so I really like that use of the color coordination. We use it to organize mm-hmm. um, What department so news social? Mm-hmm. Digital pro- so that I kind of really like that color style mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so the only do- <laughs> the only downside is is I think you probably have to I think you have to pay for Trello premium to get like more yeah. colors and different things like that so um, that's for the next budget year. Uh, we'll try to make that ask. Uh, so before I get off content, um, you know, this is sort of not a tool, but this is where everything goes. This is mm-hmm. uh, which has become our hub for all of our different content that we are producing and curating. So um, there's a couple different, you know, ways that you could organize this, that you find whatever's best for your community and your university Uh, but this is you know built off the idea of we need a new site right Mm -hmm. and um, I made sure we did this in WordPress because you need a dynamic site you need something that can take in a lot of different um, content streams you need something that's flexible you need something that is cheap to develop on Um, WordPress being open source it's like hey you know I can go if I need a feature I can probably find somebody to build it or I could probably find a plugin that somebody's already made um, so that's the reason why I'm choosing WordPress um, and uh, show just a couple of different content types and kind of how we built that in with strategy um, one is where are the places that our faculty are and it could be even content that we don't control so um, some of the uh, viewers may have heard of the Big Boulder initiative uh, it's a um, basically one of the leaders in, uh, what do you do with social, uh, data? You know, what do you do with, uh, all this mountains of Twitter, you know, data that you have on people and how do you apply it to marketing and et cetera. Um, we have a faculty member, David Schwedell, who's a leader in this space, um, mm-hmm. especially entertainment and how social lines up with advertising and, um, uh, especially, uh, like streaming video, advertising, et cetera. So we went out there because he's on the board of Big Boulder. And basically I did a uh, Storify uh, just capturing all the tweets of the event. And this was something where, of course, we write about that that, uh, David is there. That's the uh, back of David's head. Um, So... There's that probably could have gotten a better picture of him. But um, (laughs) in fact, he he will ask me to get a better picture of him. (laughs) Um, And there's more to come here. I mean, we didn't just take and go out there and cover this event. But, you know, we actually did some other coverage that's that's in the works to show more how our faculty influence corporate. And this is something that obviously we could, you know, throw into uh, email blast or something about analytics for students who are interested in analytics to to show that our faculty are plugged in with um, the the business community. Um, This is a story actually that... I probably would have never produced if we didn't decide that we wanted to uh, take some time to strategically think about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mike Newbin uh, is an Emory alum. He's not a business school alum, uh, but he is the founder of Dollar Shave Club, which. You know, if you guys have not seen the Dollar Shave Club videos, like, please watch them. They're older yeah. now, but they're still just top-notch they're, comedy. They're great. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so a uh, um, couple weeks ago, Dollar Shave Club was bought for a billion dollars. And it's like, I need to plug into this story, you know, because it, it uh, even though he was not an Emory alum, he has spoken at our business school, or not a business school alum, he's spoken at the business school. So I made sure that this was a story that, that we needed to get some application to. And it also gave us a chance to promote the next entrepreneurship summit that we're going to have at Emory. So instead of doing just a nice, you know, boring press release talking about this, um, I was able to work it into an actual good piece of content. Um, and I say good because um, not to be subjective, but good in the sense that it covers a lot of different um, types of you know, we've got video in a couple different places. We've got some photos. Uh, we've got link off to more information. Um, and it puts our news in context uh, when Josh Luber, who is a business school alum, comes and speaks um, in the spring. Uh, another really cool guy. I um, highly recommend you guys uh, look into him, too. Um, Social enterprise is an area of focus. Uh, We have a center, uh, social enterprise at Gossetta, which uh, we abbreviate SE at G, um, has some cool things going on in terms of they have a specialty coffee index. And Aaron, you and I were talking about this off air, uh, but their research, uh, one stream of their research focuses on how do you get better return uh, for um, the sort of entry level things of industry. So, um, they use coffee farmers, for an example. You could use just about any sort of agricultural industry, but they also do uh, micro-entrepreneurs, et cetera, <clears throat> and try to figure out how do you get uh, these folks to be more successful. So they have this uh, index where they do the index price of specialty coffee. They call it the Scrippy, um, uh, S-C-R-P-I, and they're working on ways to try to automate it better. Um, so this is where I wanted to get into some of the tools we use, which is Expert File, uh, which is one of the sponsors, I think, of today's show. And um, Expert File has been a great partner. Um, I've really enjoyed working with them. Um, you know, on the surface, Expert File takes and organizes your experts. Uh, and it's a great way to build a media list, a great way to build a press room, you know, if you will. Um, our press room is over here on embrybusiness.com and our expert guide. These are all hosted on Expert File, and media can go search Expert Files database for comments. Uh, try to find people to comment for the news. But the thing that makes Expert File so powerful to me is its portability, and that's one reason I was attracted to it. And you know, this is just a—I'm uh, sorry here. This is just an embed. Uh, Peter Roberts is our head of social enterprise, and he's here right here on this story, so people can get right to the source and they can um, comment um, directly uh, to him or request uh, an interview with Peter. Um, Here's another uh, decision-making is a focus. So uh, we had a professor, uh, Nikolai, here on the left on local business radio uh, last week. Again, we try to grab content wherever we can and put it in here. So this is actually the Dana Barrett Show's uh, channel. Make sure we embed that, and that's where... Dynamic websites come into play um, lots of web platforms. Maybe even the ones that you've built your university website on Aren't going to be so flexible to just drop embed code in and, and roll with it uh, WordPress is so that's why uh, We focus on that and then again. Here's Nikolai down here. This photo was even chosen um, Specifically uh, I didn't uh, I could have easily went without a photo or I could have gone with the um, uh, logo or the logo of the radio station uh, But I thought that this photo was fantastic to show our relationship in the community Dana Barrett's a, a great friend of our program She does a lot of interviews But it was also kind of like let's how approachable our faculty are And how they are willing and eager to get out there and share their knowledge And I had to get an NFL mention in here too uh, We do have a, a researcher who uh, We lost you there
0: for a second there, J. Mike
1: Oh, do you have me your now? The screen went black. Oop. Do you see me now? Let's see.
0: No, we're still getting your your profile picture. Hold on, we might come up in a sec. Hmm. Maybe if you try and leave screen share and come back in. Oh! Oh! Yay! Hi, Hello. Yes. Okay.
1: So let me try going back to screen share.
0: Yes. Let's try that
1: a so little bit of a hiccup. <laughs> okay, how's this? We should be seeing a yes. Falcons rise up, the Patriots lead in new fan equity ranking.
0: Yep, that's where we're at.
1: Um, okay, great. So this is another example of getting the expert front and center using expert file and a way to immediately contact that expert and also just a story that has a lot of bump to it. Um, mm-hmm. You can't really put anything out there about the NFL without people freaking out um, Mike, unfortunately, Mike Mike Lewis down here gets some fantastic mail from fans of teams down here at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, it's, it, it's <laughs> fantastic. Um, and me, I just had fun with it because those of you who are familiar with the Falcons I had a nice little pun here because "rise up" is their um, is their um, branding, their their brand messaging. Uh, but so here you can see if I'm a member of the media. Uh, or otherwise, I can go and directly see uh, examples of Mike speaking, um, examples of Mike in the news, his areas of expertise. This is uh, the expert file platform, and what I find so valuable because I can also take and talk. We talk about speed and sort of quick wins and hits. I can download the PDF version of this and email it to a member of the media. I can send them the link. I can also newsjack um, and uh, I'll quickly explain newsjacking to uh, folks if they're not familiar. That's basically saying I have an expert that can speak on this topic or I can tell you a different spin on this topic. uh, And I'm going to insert myself into the conversation using Twitter or another uh, uh, form of media. So this actually is just a story that... uh, The story is down here, it's a story from the LA Times talking about Rio, bracing for the Olympics, and a little bit of an explanation of why Mike is a good source for this. And that's within the Expert File platform as well. And we embed that in other areas for people to see. Uh, Oops, wrong one. So this is our faculty research page. I, you know, make sure that I have you know, these experts featured here as well. And then real quick, just uh, curating Um, our content. I use a tool uh, called Tint, uh, which some people may be familiar with. There's a lot of different ones out here, but this is a uh, curation tool where I pull in uh, everything based on our hashtags that we have asked people to use and we promote as well as I can force content into here if I'd like Uh, and this is just a great way to kind of bring everything together and it's another way where I'll take and uh, do specific coverage. So for events, this is great for events. This can go onto a screen inside of a room. This can you know, get sent to people's phones. Um, you can even use a Chromecast um, uh, mm-hmm. stick and drop it on a um, uh, screen in a room and, and direct broadcast to it. So, um, and then here's expert, the Expert File Expert Center, which is incredibly powerful. Especially the the design lab that they have, uh, which basically gives you all these different options to embed. So that's uh, where Expert File really uh, is a great, powerful tool because I can move this content around in so many different places. Because part of this is realizing that our faculty, our faculty themselves are content. You know, what I mean that they, you know, they, they have expertise and they also have interesting stories and and we they can be hubs to link to uh, different types of content whether it be their research papers or um, or their media interviews etc
0: so what have been some of your early wins since you've been implementing expert files and this approach to your website
1: well first of all um, and I, I didn't pull up the slide but we've seen an immediate bump in our media mentions um, from you know, probably along the range of you know thirty percent or so over the past six months, and there, there's been a couple um, reasons for that that were all built into this strategy. One is bringing in uh, folks who can pitch and and work well within certain topics. Mm-hmm. So one, we're writing about these topics more. We're producing more content about these topics. So we're more comfortable with them. So, you know, there's more to share with media and other folks to, you know, say we're experts in this area, but also brought in some uh, PR resources who can, you know, help me target different industries and target different reporters. Um, so that's one reason. Also is we're just producing more content. And, you know, because when you don't have to spread yourself so thin, um, and try to cover a lot of different things, and I shouldn't say we immediately we ignore everything else. Mm-hmm. We don't. Um, you know, this is just sort of like given the choice, um, this is the direction we go. This gives us a litmus test to try to really determine the value of, of what we're putting out there. Um, given that choice, it's strategic, you know, yeah, it's strategic, <laughs> Um, so we're actually producing a lot more and, you know, embracing the other pieces of content we have in the space, the social content, the um, alumni content, the other things that, that uh, inside of that entire topic, um, you know, that's given us more um, real estate, more inventory, you know. So, you know, the more you push that out there, the more visibility you get. So our page views are up. Um, on EmoryBusiness.com because of that, and you know, the, I would say probably the quickest win was the newsletter, was the internal newsletter, was the way to basically put out all this great stuff that people are doing, and let our own staff become the advocates, you know, and our own staff tell these stories. Uh, we did looked at some numbers um, earlier this week about uh, you know how our, our staff engaged on LinkedIn. And there's some tools out there that, you know, let you kind of leverage that to make sure LinkedIn, you're, you're, you know, I'm associated with Gosweta Business School because I work there. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I'm sharing the good Gosweta content to my network and then they're going to share it with their network. I mean, it's, you know, you know, social media one-on-one, right? It just grows. Um, But our staff is extremely engaged on LinkedIn. And, you know, for a small school, I mean, they are all over it and they're sharing stuff. So it's like, okay, well, what am I doing with this newsletter? you know, they can't take and share the newsletter online, but there are links all in that newsletter. You know, there are ways where they can go online and extend their story all the visit. They finally have something to share. Um, and that, I think, has been probably the most surprising and quickest win I can think of, is that, you know, we are we are empowering our stakeholders to tell our story.
0: I love that. That's incredible um, because, like you mentioned, it immediately expands your network, and they're touching they're getting in places and speaking with people that may not have otherwise interacted. And that's just, I think, and it, again, it's more thoughtful, more strategic. You're getting yourself out there, but you're not necessarily doing all of the leg work. You just get it started and then other people help promote it and push it out even further. Correct. Um, so you walked us through a couple of the pages on your websites. Are there any other sites um, or pages on the website that really uh, feature faculty on emorybusiness.com? Or did you show
1: most of the, the? I showed most of it. I mean, I, I do have certain sections where, it, you know, using tags, it, it brings up all the stories that about them being in media. I try to feature everything if, if they are mentioned in the media, I pull out that quote mm-hmm. and I link to it, and and you know, so people can see it. Um, the future state uh, of what we'll be looking at for is expanding coverage and going. Uh, and it sort of right now it's being called EB Insider. It it could maybe be called something different, but focusing more on um, you know reposting or even writing some of our own content around the actual business school industry um, and what it means to come back to get a business degree, etc. So that goes into more of the selling why you come back school or why you uh, look at a business degree in the first place so that content would be you know things like uh, one example we, we use is we uh, our director of leadership is a former army general and, and he's a great like orator a or great writer and can write about a lot of different leadership well you know if I have general Keene writing uh, about leadership there's two ways I can do it one is I can have him writing about the value of leadership in education and you know, what you learn being a leader and how you learn to be a leader. Well, that's something more for like that EB insider, you know, like Mm -hmm. for that. And then there's General Kane who can write about like, you know, really bad leadership that we see in the world today. Um, You know, the 2016 election notwithstanding, you know, there's, you know, I mean, he could write, you know, forever on, you know, different topics of that. Well, that's more of a, you know, common interest piece and that goes over on emerybusiness.com, so we can try to extend and expand General Keene's profile. So it's more so realizing that there's a whole other branch of what our faculty can do um, in sort of to sell their own work um, to, you know, the next round of consumers, if you will. So that's the next step. And beyond that, um, you know, it's, it's getting into like really diving into like LinkedIn and saying, okay, you know, we're, and that's more so because unique to a business school. It's like we're a business school. We should be pretty active on the, you know, premier business network, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, so um, working with faculty to make sure that their LinkedIn profiles are up to speed and, and that's the service element. You know, that's the um, kind of where our communications group comes in and says, we're not just out to try to grab, you know, content from you and throw it out. Like we really do want to impart our expertise to help you in other ways so um, if you come back and talk to me in a year I would love to say I have five or six faculty who are active on LinkedIn and writing on LinkedIn and influencers on LinkedIn um, but um, you know that's going to take a, a little bit of a shift because um, writing for research papers is a little different than writing on LinkedIn and uh, I want to find the faculty who really enjoy doing it and really really want to uh, expand on that. So that's the, you know, check with me in a year and we'll see how we've, how we've done with that. But that's the next goal. The work is never done. Of course not. No.
0: Um, we are reaching the end of our time today. And so I just want to take a few seconds and thanks and send a quick thank you to our program sponsors, Expert File and Stoner, And a huge thank you to you, J. Mike, for joining me and sharing your knowledge with us. It's been an incredible chance to hear you talk and listen to you walk us through your content strategy it's it's extremely impressive um, and expert file looks incredible and like a huge tool to help promote our faculty and our experts out to the larger media and the larger public um, and a special thank you to everyone tune, who tuned in today um, thank you for joining me on your friday afternoon have a great rest of your friday and have a wonderful weekend